how Jesus looked at the, the man of the, that had the palsy crippled, and he said, is it easier to say, rise up and walk, or your sins be forgiven you? And what the Lord is really concerned about is what goes on inside. The greater miracle that takes place for every single one of us is what we heard about this morning, that the Lord can come into our lives and change us, totally change. He calls us to himself. He chooses us. And so we're going to take a look at that this morning. Uh, Lord, bless this time as we review what we've seen in regards to Matthew and Nicodemus's call. Help us to remember how you called us and placed your hand on us and chose us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. We want to take a look at uh, what it means to follow Jesus. I don't, I don't know if you can think about it for yourself. You know, when was the first time that you opened your heart, received Christ into your life, and something happened inside of you that changed you so drastically, you realize this is not something that just took place because I willed it. It was something that God did. And I can remember, and this is when I was 15 years old, uh, at Camp Kokokahi, this is in, right on the side of Kaneohe Bay, uh, the Atherton Hall, the YMCA campgrounds. And in that hall, uh, we had a teen camp, probably 30 or 40 teenagers together. And it was there I opened my heart, received Christ. I had a probably like a 10-year lead time, God dealing with me about so many different things. And I realized this is what I need to do. I need to make a commitment of my life. I, I had all kinds of friends around me, and I thought it doesn't matter who they are. I'm, I'm walking up there. I'm accepting Jesus into my life totally transformed my life. I went out into the darkness of that night and saw the bay waters, and it was so attractive. I said, the bay waters are so, uh, so calm and so peaceful. What's going on? And the Lord said, the calmness that you see in that bay water is a calmness that's in your heart for the first time in your life. You, you have peace, deep, deep peace. Uh, I love Matthew. The, the character of Matthew in uh, The Chosen is, is an amazing guy. Uh, this is what the scripture says. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 and 28 says, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi, which is Matthew, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. And so Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now, that's just within a half a, half a minute, you can read that, that uh, incident. And so it seems like it's such a fast-moving thing. You know, Jesus just goes up to somebody, says, follow me. He stands up and follows. We don't know all the background of everything that went on in Matthew's life. All we see is this little snapshot of this event when Matthew was called. And it's so good to be able to look at a creative uh, presentation of Matthew like, um, like the scriptures like like the chosen has shown us. Uh, later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as a guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus. Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not only 
not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need repentance. So Matthew knew what he was doing. You know, he chose his profession very, very clearly and realized that he had to go against all the norms of his society and realized that there was something far bigger, far better that he was committed to, that he wanted in his life, and he became committed to. So we're going to just take a look at this clip of Jesus calling Matthew. You see the Parthian foot races last night? Darius ran like a gazelle. Jews don't go to foot races. Your old friend Simon himself used to run the wagering tables. We're not friends. Next. Okay, fine. So you did not go to the races. You stay home? I went to see my mother. Ugh, that would put me out too. She asked when you're going to give her grandchildren? She didn't ask. I thought your parents don't speak to you. I had questions I couldn't ask anyone else. A mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next. You're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. It's that simple. Must be nice to live in a world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? 
dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. That is so creative. You know, there's so much that uh, the Bible doesn't tell us about people that Jesus interacts with. And it's just good to get some creative perspective of possibly what could have happened. And it might not have happened exactly as um, we're seeing it. But even for, we're taking a look at Nicodemus now. Even for Nicodemus, you know, all we have is 15, 18 verses in, uh, what is it? John chapter 3, chapter 3. And he's there. Uh, the scriptures in John chapter 3 says there's a man, Nicodemus, a Jewish uh, religious leader coming to him after dark one evening, just not wanting to make a public scene so that everybody knows, you know, he's coming secretly to meet with Jesus, but he has been watching, he has to be been watching Jesus, right? Because he says, I've seen all the miracles that you do, and nobody can do what you're doing except that God's with him. And so he was watching from afar, and I think many of us in our own lives, you know, that, that has happened to us. You know, we've seen somebody who, who came to Christ, they shared their testimony, and we kind of just watch afar away. We're interested, but we're really not ready to make a commitment. <clears throat> and uh, Jesus makes a, uh, a comment to him. He says, uh, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And this does not compute in his brain, in his theological brain, because he's such a uh, very honored, respected religious leader. And his response is, how can somebody go back into his mother's womb? And he calls himself an old man, so he's an older man. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus says, unless you're born again, uh, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says, no human can do this, only the Holy Spirit. So, you know, when you came to Christ and gave your life to Christ, you understood things about the Lord. And all of a sudden, it seemed like the heavens opened. You got related to Jesus. <clears throat> and it seems like it's your own decision. You know, you made a commitment. But something has had to happen inside of you that was more than natural. <clears throat> and uh, Jesus says, you must be born again. You know, it's just like the wind that blows. And you can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. And uh, so you can't explain how new birth takes place. It, it happens inside of people's lives. And uh, this is the theme in John, the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. John begins his whole gospel, and he says this, but as many as received him, chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, to them he gave the power, the right, to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, so faith is really, really significant, and then he says, he defines this. He says, who were born not of blood. It's not because of your heritage. It's not because of your family lineage. Nor is it of the will of the flesh. It's not because you, you are so determined and strong-minded and stubborn or uh, committed in your mind that you are able to have this happen to you. <clears throat> Nor of the will of man. It's not because of somebody who desires it. It says, if you have been born again, it's because a spiritual uh, activity 
has transformed your life. It's a supernatural event in our lives. <clears throat> and Nicodemus had to face that. And he had a really hard time to let go of everything and follow. We'll take a look at Nicodemus' um, meeting of Jesus right now. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I said she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. And here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't... You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? <laughs> to lead a nomadic life, to, to give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? Maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and, and wonder. It can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. 
Episode 7 started. Uh, how many of you could capture and understand what was taking place when um, that uh, the anvil uh, had the metal work being done? You know, I, I could not understand that. I was watching this and said, how does this connect? And it was taking place in the Old Testament, Moses putting the brass serpent that uh, represented the healing for the nation of Israel's uh, uh, snake bite that was killing them. And that is all connected up with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave because God's going to lift up his son and all who see him uh, will have forgiveness of sins. In the Old Testament, it was the healing of their bodies. And, and healing and forgiveness are connected together. And I, I'm just, uh, that's all part of what we have received when we receive Jesus Christ into your life. <clears throat> the, the Bible says when you receive Christ, you become a new creature. It's a supernatural event. And it's really good for you to just kind of think through what happened when you received Christ because there was a miracle that took place. When I look at my life, I, I see deep peace, forgiveness. I just felt so clean in my heart. I had a purpose for living that I never had before, and I knew that if I died, I would go to heaven. And, I, and from that time on, never had uh, a fear of death. But it took me another five years or so after receiving Christ to understand all the other benefits of why Jesus came and, and that healing was part of why Jesus gave his life for us. Pastor Lance is going to be sharing about that. Why don't you welcome him as he comes? Thank you, Pastor Eddie. Well, as Pastor was sharing about the, uh, the beginning of the episode about uh, Moses and Joshua building a thing, and he pointed to the cross. And the cross, it says, is the new birth that includes physical healing. Now, in the Old Testament, the brass servant provided a physical healing, and Jesus shared about the brass servant. And as the story goes, you can read it in Numbers uh, 21, and it was that the serpent, they rebelled against God, they sinned against God, God sent these serpents on them and started killing the people. And then um, Moses had to make this uh, other, another serpent of brass, which is judgment and sin, and he put it on the pole, which is a picture of the cross of judgment and sin. And whoever looked at it was healed. And so they were healed physically also in that. And so as Pastor says, salvation is not only about forgiveness of sin and eternal life. 
It's also about our physical health. And Isaiah prophesied, so in other words, it encompasses both spiritual and physical dimensions in our personal life. Now, Isaiah prophesied Jesus would die for our sickness uh, in 53.4. He said, he surely had borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. And in another translation, in the New English translation, it says, but he lifted up our illnesses, he carried our pain. So the question is, what is the right translation, grief or is it illness? And so if you look it up and you find that in the Hebrew, the word grief or that scripture itself and that word grief, um, it means kole, which points towards sickness and disease. So you can look it up in the uh, Hebrew uh, dictionary and you'll find that it pertains to a physical healing. And then in the New Testament, Matthew answers the question about physical healing in pertaining to what had happened in the book of Numbers. And in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, he says, When the even had come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophets himself took our infirmities or the weaknesses in our body, our strength, and bear our sicknesses. So Matthew was just confirming about the healing of salvation. And so on, Matthew writes again in, um, in the Bible, uh, in he, uh, Matthew 15, 31, and it says, In so much that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the lame to be whole, the lame, I mean, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. So God, Jesus was doing miraculous healings in people's lives. The dumb could speak, the maimed people who uh, hands or legs or whatever were all maimed or even maybe uh, didn't have part of it, and God healed him. And we live in a time where I believe that God is doing things in life. I've seen legs grow, as Pastor shared. I seen when I was in Oahu, a deaf ear. And one day, um, when I first became a Christian uh, in my years, and my small little sister, she was in elementary school that time, and she had a growth in her wrist. Every time she would do this, the bone would pop out. And the doctor said that uh, if it doesn't improve, they're going to have to operate. So what I did was I told my little sister, and I said, okay, we're gonna, let's pray. Let's pray. So we prayed for it, that God would heal her. And then time went on, and then one day I was in my room, and she came up to me and said, look, the thing is gone. The bone was, wasn't, when she did that, was normal. And I was like, wow, God answered prayer for my little sister. And I was like, wow, God does heal. First Peter 2.24, he said, He himself bore our sins on his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Because past tense, because of what Jesus did on the cross, 
there is healing to our life. And um, Jesus is the one who heals. And then last week service, um, I don't know if you remember that we had some healing uh, time with Pastor Sherrod and uh, we prayed. And then um, before that, the week before, as we were preparing for service, in our staff meeting, uh, we brought out, okay, we're going to begin with this Sunday. We're going to pray for healing. And then in our staff, and then Andrea uh, is going to share what happened and how her response. Let's welcome Andrea. She's such a great blessing to us. She's awesome. I appreciate her life in the world. So you want to share what happened in the meeting first? Well, um, what some of you may not know is we have staff meeting every week, and the pastors are there, and they, you know, they meet and have a, have a um, they come to staff meeting and kind of share where we're going each week. And um, we had a staff meeting on Tuesday, and um, there was no talk about healing or anything. And then Thursday, we had a staff meeting, and only Pastor Lance and Pastor Zach were there. And they started talking about we met and we're going to do healing on Sunday. And I'm kind of the one who, like, makes sure, like, things happen and everything's organized for Sunday morning. I'm like, let's make sure and have this. And, and then when they said that we're going to do healing, my eyes kind of went, oh, my. How are we going to do that? And what's that going to look like? And um, I have to admit, I've seen God is amazing. And, I ha and I've seen God work in my life. And um, financial miracles, um, just situations, um, people's lives, reconciliation in amazing ways. But um, healing physically has never been something that I physically felt or experienced. And so I admitted, I said, I have some doubts. What if we call people up for healing and that doesn't happen? <laughs> and I'm like, what will happen on Sunday morning? And so I was kind of ashamed of that, but I was sharing, I'm nervous when this is going to be on camera. And um, praise God that some amazing things happen on Sunday. And um, anyway, so first service went really well. And I, um, I meet with the pastors usually between service. Um, how did it go? Do we need to tweak anything for second service? And I went up to Pastor Eddie and I said, um, I have to admit I was, I was doubtful. I was kind of worried about this, and, but it went great. And, and then I confessed that I've actually been dealing with really bad feet pain. Um, I've had plantar fasciitis, and I'm an occupational therapist as well. I work at Kaiser, and so I'm always into rating your pain. And my pain at night is often up to an 8 or 9 of 10 pain walking around my house. I wear tennis shoes in the house. And that Sunday, my feet, I'm like, what are my feet right now? <laughs> They're like a 4 or 5 of 10 just standing. And, and I've been wearing tennis shoes for a couple months and taping my feet because I've been in so much pain. So anyway, I told Pastor Eddie, and, and Leilani was with me, and I said, um, um, I have to say, like, I have pain, but I was kind of ashamed because I am doubting, like, I didn't want to come up and get prayed for, and what if it didn't answer? <laughs> and um, so I just said, but maybe next service I'll, I'll try to stand in place and pray, and I was just sharing my doubt. And then um, he, he said, Pastor Eddie's like, let's just pray right now for you. So him and Leilani prayed for me between services, and we're standing there. And um, I was just praying, please forgive me, God, for my doubt, because I know you are a God of healer. And um, I have to admit, I was standing there, and both of my legs, in fact, to be honest, I feel it tingling right now, were tingling all the way down my legs. Cold and hot sensations I've never felt before in both of my legs. And when we were done praying, I had no pain. 
And um, so, I mean, it's a miracle. We can give God a hand. Give God a hand, yeah. Yeah, so praise God. And I have to admit, because my medical sense, I would say I have a touch in my right foot, but nothing like a one of ten pain. Not, I mean, so God has totally healed me, and I was very skeptical. So even if you have skeptic um, heart, God can use you. So thank you. Amen. <laughs> Isn't God great? Amen. Can we have the worship team? You know, um, during that service, if you have been touched during that service and you want to write a testimony, put it in the card and write it on the card and put it in the offering box there. And I know during the service that time as we're praying, my wife, as uh, people were praying and pastor was praying, she was there and she said, I receive, I receive healing. And because her shoulder was giving her problems. And as she began to, uh, in faith, began to receive her shoulder got well, popped, like, because it was, uh, before that, it was real uncomfortable and all, and, but yet, at that moment, God touched her shoulder. So, amen. And then we had another person who's, um, who couldn't uh, close her fingers, her palm like this, and she said the pain was, it was on a wrist, she said, was it like a five before? And then when she started praying, we prayed, in the second service, and then she started to close her uh, fingers, and she, she said it began to be like an eight now. So God is beginning to do the healing. So God is the healer in our life. So can we say amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's stand. Wait, we're going to do, is, as we stand, can we stand? Is there anybody here that needs, uh, there is an ailment? Can we stand? Just stand. We're going to worship too at the same time. But is there anybody here? Everybody stand up. Can you just raise your hand if you have something in your body that needs to be healed? That there's something in you that you want to be touched by God. Okay, those of you around, I want you, if you're close, you can lay hands on them or stretch out your hands. And we're going to believe God even right now at this moment to touch you. Receive this moment. Let the Spirit of God come. Jesus is the healer. Just receive it. And just pray for them. Speak health and wholeness. Speak life into that place now. Just spend some time right now. Those around you, begin to speak. Pray for healing God's power to touch them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for each one here. Lord, you love them. Lord, you created them. In this moment, we just ask by your spirit and your word that would come into that place that needs to be fixed. Let there be a heavenly operation that comes into, that, into their bodies right now by your spirit because you've taken the stripes on the cross, on your body for their healing as part of salvation. And now we ask that you would come and just touch their physical body. Just touch them now. We ask by your grace and your power this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, thank you that we can absorb in our lives all of the benefits of the sacrifice that you've made for us, the demonstration of your love. We thank you for that. Go with us this day and through this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week.